what's up everybody uh up in the the upstairs office today if you will uh i recorded a bunch of videos this week if you haven't checked them out go check, go uh go look at the channel um things including uh stuff about e3 and obviously the big scoops of the week that i dropped were a bunch of code names like caramel libra uh sydney and a whole bunch of others of scarlet um basically outlining the microsoft hardware roadmap that is uh on the YouTube channel and actually on the the podcast channel as well. So if you haven't checked that out, go do that. And uh, that kind of recaps a lot of that stuff because I'm not going to talk about it today because, well, we already did. And there's a lot of other stuff going on in the world of Microsoft and technology this week. And why don't we just dive right in, shall we? So one of the things Microsoft announced, um, was it two days ago, was that they're updating the Office Ribbon. Now, this is the first time in many, many, many years that Microsoft is updating that portion of Office, rightfully so, because people get muscle memory. It becomes, uh, it, it, the transitioning can be tough. And so they're making it more compact, streamlined. They're also changing some of the icons to make them scale better. And I think there's a lot more to the story, personally speaking, mostly because I think that this is going to be the start of Microsoft modernizing the older, um, if you will, kind of staple products of the office world. And what I mean by that is uh, changing some underlying architecture, changing a lot of the, the top end uh, elements, mostly so that they scale better across different sizes devices. It's probably one of those things that they're doing this so that they have an easier code base to manage. But it's also, I would expect, the kind of the modernization of the final legs of the consumer end of office to make it work better sort of maybe like a PWA. I'm, I'm not quite sure where they're all headed with this, but they're moving extremely slow with this, rightfully so, because they don't want to piss people off. And obviously, uh, Office 365, the Office apps are the crown jewel of their software as a service model, and they don't want to mess that up. And if you're thinking, oh God, I got to learn this new stuff, uh, the older style will still be available. Just look for this stuff to start rolling out. It's going to show up on Office Online first, and then it's coming to insiders uh, sometime in late June, possibly early July timeframe. And uh, it, I'm curious to see where, where this is headed because I think this is a bigger project than Microsoft simply updating the ribbon on the exterior. Uh, other things in the office world this week, uh, I, I talked about this back in February that Microsoft was working on a free iteration of Teams. And while that has not officially been announced yet, the end user licensing agreement for Teams, uh, the free version of Teams, has been uncovered. So it looks like they're making uh, steady progress. I don't know when they're going to announce this. I can't imagine that they're going to wait until Ignite, but maybe they will. Uh, I guess Ignite's only three months away, uh, but here we are. So if you've been holding out for that, it, it's definitely still on the agenda, and it looks like they're making progress. They're just taking their sweet, sweet, sweet time. Uh, other things, Microsoft yesterday dropped us a new build of Windows that has some good stuff and some accidental stuff. Uh, one of the things that is finally coming is Microsoft SwiftKey acquisition is uh, going to be coming to the desktop. And so if you're using the touchpad keyboard, you can use SwiftKey on it now, which is great. I, I don't know why this took so long. I thought for the longest time they would brought WordFlow to the desktop, but hey, whatever, we're finally getting SwiftKey onto the touch and type keyboard. Great. Now, the reason is why would they be doing this now? And I, I'm curious if this has anything to do with the upcoming Libra tablet. So Microsoft later this year is going to be releasing a, uh, a lower end Surface tablet. 
And I'm wondering if it may not come with the, the type cover. Granted, I bet it has this available as some sort of an accessory, but just kind of think of it this way. Uh, they're improving the, the, the touch keyboard. They've got a new lower end tablet coming out. It kind of all just aligns. And I wonder if that is one of the reasons why this is now here. Also, if you remember the cloud clipboard stuff kind of relies on that swift key keyboard, at least some of the early iterations were showing that. So this will be interesting to watch. That is now available to fastering users. Another thing they announced in this build is that Edge is gonna have the ability to stop playing auto playing videos, yay. And then they said, oops, actually that's not in this release, but it is coming soon. And so the, the downside is if you're an Edge user, you've got until what, roughly October timeframe before you can get that on the stable release builds. But there you go, it's at least coming. Uh, other updates for the game bar now includes uh, improved audio controls, and there's also performance visualization things. Now, if you're not familiar with that, is like you can put an FPS counter, CPU, GPU, RAM usage, etc., as an overlay window. And this is really popular to understand how the performance of the game is, frames per second, and all that good stuff. Very popular uh, with PC gamers, and it's good to see that Microsoft is now building that in natively. And speaking of Windows updates, Microsoft said that now there's now 250 million PCs running 1803 and that they're now using AI, AI to uh, decide when your machine is going to get Windows 10 or the, the later updates, I should say, uh, 1803 specifically, which is good, I guess. Um, this feels a lot more like pomp and circumstance uh, than anything else. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I feel like I use that analogy incorrectly here, but anyways, um, it feels like they're just saying this for to say, hey, look, our AI is great uh, because they're touting how 1803 is the best release ever, and despite the fact that a lot of people are still having issues with it, whatever, there it, it should whatever that that's what it is. But the other interesting thing is Microsoft is still saying nearly 700 Windows 10, uh, 700 million Windows 10 users per month. This not, Microsoft's been touting this ever since Terry Meyerson announced that he was stepping down, and they still haven't crossed that 700 million threshold. I suspect that Microsoft is starting to hit the, the hard ceiling of Windows 10 user adoption, where the first several hundred million were quite easy, and now it's like a real grind to actually get some uh, higher adoption. Remember, they like to tout about 1.5 billion users-ish, and so they, they need some enterprise users to start jumping on in mass if they really want to cross that threshold, but it, that's roughly, give or take, well, it's not even roughly, well, it's a little less than half of the, the stated Windows user base if 1.5 billion is uh, an accurate number. So just something to kind of keep in mind. I, I, you got to remind, remind, remember that 700 million is still a massive amount of users, but you can see the slower growth. Microsoft isn't, isn't going heavily into this area anymore. Obviously it's uh, Windows is still a key component. I'm not trying to, to downplay that, but it, it's just not as high of a priority as it used to be. Let's just put it that way. Now, other things happening with uh, Windows. A patch came out this week, and I believe this was, was spotted by McAfee. Uh, it says, previous to this week's patch, hackers could use Hey Cortana to wake a sleeping or locked Windows 10 PC and arbitrarily run code that could exploit the system. Yikes. Uh, it is then documented several ways in which this could happen, and the result could that people could take over your PC using that Hey Cortana above the lock screen. And I apologize if I just blew up your machine by saying that on a podcast. So uh, that is what else is going on. Microsoft also released Office 2019 preview is coming to the Mac. If that's your if that's your jam, you can go out and get that. Uh, you can now go grab those preview bits if you really want to. It, 
it's whatever. Uh, th there's still a lot of questions about if Office 2019 is going to be the last sort of uh, on-prem release, if you will, or on-premises release, if you will. Uh, I, I'm kind of of the thinking that, yeah, this might be it. I, 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 the reason why I say that is go back to the beginning of this podcast where I was talking about how Microsoft is modernizing Office. I think this is all tying into how they get away from these perpetual large chunk releases uh, for on-premises users and find a more software-as-a-service model for them that works. It's not software-as-a-service, if, if you get what I'm saying. And so, anyways, that's coming out. Office is interesting right now. So, it's kind of a good thing, right? And so, uh, also, how can we not talk about E3? E3 happened on Sunday, there was a lot of good stuff. My prediction that Microsoft would show off Halo uh, was accurate, and insiders talking to me, uh, telling me this stuff, have proven time and time again that they are high-quality, reliable sources when it comes to this stuff, and they were dead on. And uh, they I mean, they showed the game, but they didn't talk about the release date. They just showed off that they're new. What is it called? I, slip Space Engine. I keep wanting to call it Slipstream. If you're not familiar with Slipstreaming, is it's a way to kind of pre-package an ISO. I keep wanting to call it slipstream, but slip space engine and they're, they're building this stuff from the ground up. And so I, I think it's, we're going to see some time. Um, but one thing that I was tipped off about this week is that the new Xbox is coming in 2020. That is, it, it's called Scarlet with two T's on the end of that. It's uh, said it's a family of devices. Again, I talked about this earlier in a podcast uh, or video previous in the week, but you've got that coming uh, it was. I haven't read the full post, but supposedly uh, Microsoft Asia said, "Hey, yeah, we're going to show off the next Xbox at E3 2019," which all aligns to what I just said, and it's all good stuff. And uh, I, I'm excited about it. The big questions around that are obviously backwards compatibility and all that good goodness, but we will find out. I don't think it's speculation is always fun, but I don't think it's worthwhile getting worked up at this point about a backwards compatibility. I kind of hope they go to, like the holy grail here obviously, is that they go to a new architecture that is just better than the Jaguar chips they're running on now, but then obviously being able to play all the old stuff. But the problem with going to a new architecture is then you have to virtualize or uh, create an emulation of the older stuff so that you can run it on the newer stuff. But Microsoft also has this game streaming service, so maybe they could do it via game stream. I don't know. There, there's so many questions up there, and it, we don't know how far along Microsoft's game streaming service truly is at this point. But um, the game streaming service is going to be super interesting as well. I've said a lot, a lot of interesting things, which kind of just goes to show, yes, Microsoft is evolving, but there's still a lot of interesting things on the horizon. I mean, if you're on the consumer side, I showed off a bunch of uh, upcoming Surface products that are coming, and the Mary, Mary Joe even dropped some hints about some sort of headset. Uh, super interesting on that side. We got a lot of hardware on the Surface side. And then on the Xbox side, we got a lot of hardware coming. And these are all mostly kind of consumer touchable things. Obviously, they work in the enterprise too. So that's really exciting. And then you got this office stuff that's kind of interesting because it's it's fun to watch companies tinker with one of their most valuable assets because they don't want to screw it up. So they're going to move, move so slowly that it will seem like they're moving at a snail's pace. But at the same time, for the people that use that stuff, it's like, you know, they're modernizing it. So good stuff. And then we got, um, you know, RS5. You can't forget that one. It's kind of coming into its own. Although there seems like... I'm kind of hoping this is much more of a stability release, but, you know, we, we will see uh, what's going on there. And then something else that Reuters 
uh, posted up this week. It says, Microsoft is working to eliminate cashiers from the checkout line in stores. If this sounds somewhat familiar, Amazon has this new uh, grocery store in Seattle. I, I walked by it. I didn't go into it because I didn't need to buy anything. Um, but you just grab stuff off the shelf and walk out. And Microsoft's trying to help traditional classic retailers do the same thing. And so that's just one of the one of the many tentacles that Microsoft has in how they work with uh, enterprises. And I'll be curious to see if they are able to do this. Obviously, Microsoft is well positioned because you got to think about it. This includes Intelligent Edge, which Microsoft is very good, uh, and big data kind of stuff. So you need uh, the cloud, uh, which Microsoft obviously has with Azure, and they have a whole bunch of machine learning things, and they have the sensor technology, and they got a nice ecosystem of partners. They can definitely do this. I will be curious to see if they can execute it well, if it ever kind of moves out of this fantasy stage where you can just walk out of store and RFID and all that stuff just kind of ring, uh, pays for all your stuff. But there it is. And so um, it's kind of interesting stuff. And then one other thing, somebody asked me about my opinions because when I was on vacation, because the cool thing Microsoft did while I was on vacation is they spent, what, $7 billion on GitHub. Now, if I remember correctly, that was mostly a stock transaction. If Actually, I think it was all a stock transaction, which is interesting. Somebody will clearly call me out on this, I'm, I'm sure. But <clears throat> traditionally, traditionally speaking, that when it comes to, if you're doing a stock transaction, if you will, if you're doing all stock, I'm trying to quit Skype because I don't want that background noise coming through, which might have just showed up. <laughs> traditionally, if you're doing a all stock transaction, it's a cheaper way to buy a company because it's not cash. Cash is obviously king and no matter what you do, because cash is the most liquid thing. And Microsoft stock price is clearly at all-time high. Last time I checked, it was over 100 bucks. It might still be there, but it should be around that price point no matter what. Uh, especially when they closed all this uh, stuff. And yeah, so Microsoft paid all stock. The only reason I say it's interesting is because if they're not paying cash, paying by paying all stock, they almost get it at a discount because it's, it's whatever. Um, and maybe... Obviously, GitHub people might be more bullish that the stock price is going to continue to rise and they think they're going to get more money, but whatever. Typically, you use stock to get things at a discount because it's less cash out the door. That's a, that's me rambling. Anyways, so Microsoft buying GitHub. There was a lot of stupid backlash about uh, developers like moving off the platform and all that blah, 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 and vomit and whatever. Uh, but you, if you're if you're a developer and you're still angry at Microsoft from the 1990s, you kind of need to just get over yourself. Uh, first of all, holding that much pent-up rage for that long is not healthy in any capacity. So you need to get over that. Microsoft is not the Microsoft of the late 90s and early 2000s. They are in a vastly different area because they don't have a mobile operating system. Their browser is no longer dominant. Uh, they are much more friendly, if you will. They're open sourcing everything. And this, to me, was kind of like the final step of their open source journey. They've been open sourcing a lot of stuff. I'm not, I'm not trying to underplay that. But now they have this open source platform for collaboration. And yes, they had their own service, but it, it, it wasn't very good. It didn't do a whole lot compared to GitHub in comparison. And so Microsoft owning GitHub, I think is a good thing. I actually think it makes a lot more sense than LinkedIn personally at the, the price point that they paid. But uh, I think it's a good move for Microsoft because now they own that central repository because they're trying desperately to maintain relevance with developers. They have Visual Studio. I'm not saying that they're losing love with developers, but there's a lot more options today. It's not just a Visual Studio world anymore like it was uh, you know, yesterday and .NET isn't everything. 
And so by, by working and owning GitHub, they can now kind of facilitate that conversation. And uh, Nat Friedman, who I've met and talked to, actually I met him just casually leaving a Microsoft event, walking down the streets of Seattle last year at Build. Uh, super smart and uh, he, he appears to be kind of a genuine individual. I, and he's going to be running GitHub. And I think he is the absolute perfect person. If you're not familiar with Nat, um, he was with Xamarin. I believe he founded Xamarin and came over with the Xamarin acquisition. And so I am, I'm very optimistic that he is the perfect person to be CEO. You've got to remember GitHub didn't have a CEO prior to acquisition. Uh, they didn't have a CEO for a while. I suspect that when all that was going on, Microsoft started kind of saying, okay, let's get serious about this. We got the guy who could run it. Let's figure out how to make all this work. And so... Uh, the point I'm trying to get at here is Microsoft isn't a, people are like, oh God, Microsoft's a ball of dollar boy. I don't know. I, I, I disagree. I think the, the problem is uh, like when you look at E3, they, they acquired five studios. That stuff takes time to mature. And one of them is pull out of playground or whatever that one that basically only makes uh, Forza, but whatever. Uh, they they got five studios. It's going to take a couple of years for that stuff to mature. You can't just spin up a game overnight, but that's going to help Microsoft get a lot of first-party IP. They got a lot of hardware on the horizon. Um, it feels like you just kind of need to wait and get things to mature here, and we will see what the second half of 2018 brings. Uh, next things on the horizon for Microsoft is June 30th is their fiscal year end, and typically, if they're going to have layoffs, they get announced around that time. I, I've been hearing often on rumors that, yeah, that's going to happen. Um, nothing concrete to report at this time. But that's a uh, very strong possibility on the horizon. And so we will see in July and August can be a typically a slower month in the world of Microsoft. We shall see because they also have their partner conference in Tech Ready in July, which is happening in Vegas, which I'm not going to because press was not invited because uh, whatever. But I don't have to go to Las Vegas, so I'm not too up in arms about that. So, folks, um, I, I forgot to do a question thread this week. I actually went golfing last night, played in a neighbor's golf league and played phenomenally uh, pretty well. Actually, I putted terribly, terrible putting, but I was hitting my irons pretty well and my driver pretty well. Only lost one ball on nine holes, which is pretty good for me. And it wasn't even off the drive. It was off a, a shanked a five iron. But, uh, folks, I think that wraps it up for today. Uh, I'm in a good mood. Hopefully, you're in a good mood. Hopefully, you have a great weekend. If Father's Day, if that's your things, happy Father's Day to everybody. I, uh, I already know what my wife bought me, but I'll talk about that next week. And uh, have yourselves a wonderful weekend. We'll catch you right back here next time on the Sam's Report. <laughs>